October. So this one is going to be a little bit different. Um, it is me just talking by myself. Um, I'm kind of nervous about it, but let's see how it goes. I am officially a year and a half sober tomorrow. So I kind of thought this one should be about me shedding a little light on the things that have helped me get here, the things that I started with that I kind of really wanted to do every day or at least think about. Um, it's been a good distraction, I want to say, but like also just kind of life changing. So the beginning of this is, I know this sounds so stupid and crazy, and they do say this, make your bed every day. And I had to do it in treatment and I hadn't, I don't think I've made my bed in a billion years, but it really is one of those things. Like if you don't know where to start, just do that. Because it's really hard in addiction and even after to take care of yourself and feel like you deserve something. And getting into a freshly made bed is actually really nice. It's one of those weird, simple pleasures that you feel like you realize after you do it, but it's just a good start. So I also really want to talk about cleaning. I was in really, really a bad place. And this is normally when you can tell that I'm really struggling is when I can't, my surroundings just go to shit. And so my place, when I looked in, went into treatment, looked like Howard Hughes and a homeless person were living in my apartment. My sister literally had to come in and clean everything. She got rid of bottles. She got rid of everything. It was just a nightmare in here because I had just completely given up on myself and I didn't want anyone to see me like that. Um, so it was really embarrassing but I couldn't get it cleaned before I left because I was such a disaster. So it's like this catch-22. Um, so cleaning, when I got out, I was like, I'm never going back to that life again. And I was in a sober house and my sober, um, she's kind of a mentor, was really, really OCD about cleaning. And it reminded me of what I'm actually like. And it was really nice because I was like, oh, I can get into this. And I have stuck with it. I My place is like that. I clean it constantly. I think maybe I've transferred a little bit of like control stuff that I was dealing with with addiction into like my environment. But it's like really helped me. Having like a humble, nice, simple, clean place to come home to. Like I realize I don't live with anybody so I am like, I'm just coming home to me, but I don't want to come home to crazy Maya, what were you doing before you left the house me? So I kind of like to tidy it up before I leave and come back to it. It's kind of nice. And I'm like, oh, you weren't a mess when you left the house. That's great. So that's really the thing that's helped me in the beginning. Um, non-negotiables. Non-negotiables are kind of that thing that you just make yourself do. Uh, meetings for people can be a good one. For me, it was the gym. Um, it was one of those things I used to be insanely active, like, and in addiction, like I didn't do anything. I don't think I left my bed for like three years, like seriously. And I didn't feel like doing anything. I didn't feel like moving. Everything hurt all the time. I just was like, I didn't want to do anything. So when I got out of treatment, I still had all this crazy extra energy that I'd been, you know, drinking away and like smoking away and not doing anything with. And I needed a way to calm the fuck down. And so I was like, okay, I let's go to the gym. And the first I got on the elliptical and it was like seven minutes. Like I gassed out, like it was just not going to happen for me. Um, and so I uh, just kept going one minute extra every day. 
And that kind of became like my non-negotiable. Um, and it's funny, like now it's at the point where if I don't go, cause I'm unable to, for some reason, like it's snow or something like that, like I can feel it and I know it. And it's, it's one of those things that kind of helps my mental health so much that I see it right away. Um, so just a non-negotiable, whether it's like walking your dog, a lot of people have something that they have to do every day and even work for people like non-negotiable, like you're going to work, like do your thing. Um, so a good thing as well for me is, and everybody says this, is a support system. And I don't think you realize how important a support system is, um, in addiction. You just don't, you're not, you kind of are at this point where you don't want to burden anyone with your problems. You just don't really want to be around people because you just feel like a sad sack. You're like, I'm sorry, I'm here. Like, I have nothing good to say about my life. I just don't feel good. You're like, you know, when people are like, oh, I'm not married at a party. Like, it's like a thousand times worse when you're in addiction. It's like, I'm that person that no one wants at family dinner. Like, that's how you feel. And so getting out, um, I really tried to like nurture my friendships and I was really excited to like kind of get to know people like on a sober basis. And it was really kind of scary at first. Like I saw my best friend on the street and I like didn't even know what to say to her. I was like, uh, hi, like it was so awkward. And like, cause that's how like introverted I'd like been. And I still have introverted moments. I'm probably more introverted than anyone would ever know. But um, having people around you that support you, know you, love you, maybe have seen you before you got over your addiction and are still there. Those people are like the best people and the people I cherish most in my life. Um, and there's people you meet after. And it's really nice that they get to see you instead of where you've been. Because trust me, you see where you've been every day. So it's nice to see people that and have people support that didn't have to see you go through everything and see where you're at now. Um, so it's good to have both. Um, exercise. Uh, as I was saying before, that's my non-negotiable, but I also feel like it's just a good thing to just like move a little bit because you get to in your head and like, I feel like a lot of people in addiction and just addicts in general, we have like a very like control issue with everything around us. And so it's kind of nice sometimes like exercise made me stop like overthinking everything constantly for at least like 20 minutes, like get out of your head for like 20 minutes, even if it's a walk, like just do something different than like get yourself out of the headspace you're in. And that has helped immensely. So I'm not saying everyone has to become a gym rat or anything like that. Um, and I don't even really like that term. I think if you just want to healthily go to the gym, even if you go to the gym a lot, it doesn't make you anything bad, but um, I think it's nice if you just like move a little, walk your dog, do something, do something that like gets you out of feeling funky about yourself. The next one is routine. This is, um, something that's so much more important than I ever realized. I was talking to my friend Lisa, probably in the first podcast that we did, how we were always afraid that routine is going to just like kill you. Um, there are routines that will kill you. Sometimes my job is so monotonous and it's all numbers, and I'm by myself every day, and I'm like, oh, I'm slowly going to go crazy. But um, the other parts of your routine can be great. So what I find really good is, you know, like get up, make your coffee, like you know what's happening ahead of you, and it takes the anxiety out of things a little bit. Like you have a better grasp on things, because a lot of us have anxiety issues, partially why we were drinking or using or anything like that. So I really find that like a routine can kind of like 
chill the anxiety out. I still have a massive anxiety disorder. I am always going to be coping with that. Um, but I feel like it's really helpful to have a routine. It kind of decreases it a little bit. Um, the next thing is family and animals. Not that I want to lump those two in. Um, (laughs) they're not the same thing, but, uh, Having like family around if you don't like pets or if you just like family, family and friends, kids are great. They will remind you of the good things in life. Um, like they remind you of why it's excited. It's good to be excited about things. Why it's like they kind of, they make you less jaded, I think. Um, it's like nice to celebrate Christmas with just like family around. I know Christmas can be stressful for a lot of people, but like just family gatherings in general, I find a lot more fun now and a lot more like enjoyable and it's nice to be like with my family um yeah it's been a rough road getting here but it is really just nice to be present with them now and um having well they have a ton of dogs so my dad and my mom have two dogs and then my sister has a dog that is basically living there as well so there's like three golden doodles running around at all times which is massive chaos but I love it like Having a pack of animals, dogs for me is a thing. My friend got cats when she got out of treatment and it's really helped her. Um, yeah, not everyone is a pet person, but like I am a huge animal lover and I feel like they are again, like no one will love you like your dog or your cat does. Like they just won't. I mean, they they will, they will, but you'll maybe never feel it as much as you will if your dog gives it to you. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can tell I haven't dated in a very long time. Um... So the next thing would be fun. Um, it sounds really silly, but remembering to have fun. I feel like when we come out of treatment and addiction, every we're, for me especially, I was taking things like very seriously. And there was a point in the beginning when I was like, am I ever going to like sober laugh? Like there were laughs in treatment, but it wasn't, it's like coming out of treatment and you're with people that you are afraid are going to judge you. And you're afraid of everything when you get sober. You're just like, you're afraid of being sober. And that for me was a huge realization, um, especially going into treatment. Um, and a really just big thing for me in general was I was so afraid to deal with myself sober and just to like deal with life sober on sober terms like I I was terrified I was I was like I will be a PTSD mess and I still sometimes am but um I think being so afraid of yourself and having to deal with your own things is a really big deterrent for people but it is one of those things that I think is necessary to like truly be happy and I'm not there yet um But, you know, I am trying to make the best steps I can to get there. And the fear of letting yourself try is one of those things that I realized I had. Um, And that's another part of, like, not really feeling like you deserve love or um, you deserve any good things happening to you because you've either, like, not dealt with things in your past well or things work really so bad that you just don't want to relive them. Um, but there is like a part of not loving yourself that comes with addiction, whether it's something that's happened to you, whether it's just the pure 
fact of being an addict. Um, so fun for me was something I didn't even think it was going to happen. <laughs> like, I was like, Maya, you are so, so far gone. I don't think that you're going to ever have fun again. Um, but I definitely have. And it's something I like really tried to make myself do. Um, even when I'm having a really bad day, like go out and see people. Like I've had introspective days where I normally would just hermit and be alone, but I found that going out and seeing people is a lot better. Um, I It's like you really need it more than you think you do. And the anxiety of doing it is actually less than the joy you'll have with doing it. Um, not always, but like for me, I found it's really helped my mindset because I am so introverted sometimes and so self-deprecating and so like I will just beat myself up in my head daily. I still do it, but I'm really trying to work past that stuff. It's hard. It's hard. I have a lot of ammo against myself. Um, <laughs> I've given myself a lot of ammo. Um, but really seeing people around you and trying to have fun with them is a good way to like kind of kickstart yourself into like thinking about things in a different light. Um, so the next thing I would be was talking and being open. I have, and still am to a point, uh, a closed book. Um, and I really struggled with that in treatment. I struggled with that after treatment. I struggle with that today. This for me is something I would never have done Five years ago, two years ago, I just wouldn't have ever opened up or talked out loud about stuff like this. Um, the shame and guilt around it was so hard for me. And even having feelings of my own was hard. It still is hard for me. Um, having feelings of your own and being okay with having feelings. I was just didn't even think I deserved to have an opinion about things or uh, feelings about things. Again, I am a total compartmentalizer. Like I'm an addict to my core and a total PTSD survivor. So I compartmentalize hardcore. I avoid constantly, even in my own brain. Um, so it is, it is hard. Um, but trying to be open and talking about things, things that you wouldn't normally feel comfortable ever saying to people is actually very, um, cathartic and can kind of free you of some things sometimes and shame and finding those really close. I'm not saying like talk to someone on the bus, um, but, <laughs> but I'm saying like find those really core good group of people that you feel comfortable sharing with and they're hard to find. They're not easy. You have to really trust people and I really struggle with that. Um, I trust people like completely with most things, but like when it comes to what's happened to me in my life, it is really hard for me to share that kind of stuff because I just don't want to burden them and I don't want them to feel bad or ruin their day or, um, so I've tried to start doing that more with a couple friends, um, with guys, especially actually, like I have some really good guy friends that I've become more open with. Um, because for me, that was a big thing too, is I just didn't feel like, um, guys could love me or want me around if they'd known the things that have happened in my life. Um, so yeah, try and do that more with people around you. It's, it's helped me. I mean, I'm still complete work in progress, but, um, it's helped me a little bit. So also the next thing would be like, learn how to reach out. 
Um, reaching out is still so difficult for me. Um, it goes back to the whole, like not wanting to burden people. I am so the person that is the first person to be there. If you need a hand with anything, like I will drop everything. And if you're having a bad day, like I'll be there like with snacks and other things. But when I'm struggling, um, I don't want to, um, burden anyone with it. And that's, that goes down to some deep core values that I have that I am currently working on with my counselor. Um, but it's, it's a slow process right now. I feel like, so learning how to reach out, have those friends that if you're having a bad day, talk to them. It's so hard for all of us. I think everyone, whether you're sober, you're not sober, um, reaching out to people around you that you know, have your back is, is huge. Um, helping others around you. This for me is still something I try and practice all the time. When I'm struggling with something, which I feel like I am daily, like it is, it's still a panic room in my brain at most times, about 23 hours of the day. Um, But helping someone around you, just like if someone else is having a problem, honestly, just listen to their problems. Sometimes it can be so, it gives you some kind of like feeling a purpose Um, being able to help somebody else around you because when you can't help yourself, helping someone else makes you feel better about yourself because you're like, oh good, I did something right for once. Or I took some time away from what I was stressing about and really focused on someone else's stuff because half the time you're going to realize your stuff is not as bad as their stuff. And also just, it's, it's just, I mean, you would want that from somebody, right? So why wouldn't you do that for somebody around you? Um, Picking your battles. There is this thing in sobriety. I think this is just a lifelong thing that people should just practice. It's do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And you will meet those people in your life that are going to fight you on everything. They're constantly trying to outsmart you or outwit you or it's and and really like I think there's so much to be said about projection, right? People are going to pick on you because really they're just hurting inside. So picking your battles would be even the ones with yourself. Like I need to pick my battles with myself. Like I'm going to eat some sugar tonight and I'm not going to fight myself about it. Like gummy bears are a thing in my life right now. It's it's trending on Facebook. And I think, I don't think anything's turning on Facebook, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, I can't beat myself up about it. I beat myself up about it enough. So pick your battles <laughs> and that is not one I'm going to be upset about. Um, and with the people around you, like it's, it's one of those things people are gonna, you know, cut you off in traffic. And sometimes it can be really good to have a little, like, you know, like freak out moment. And half the time it's just, to do it. I don't think people are really as angry as they appear, but like also realize that person probably is thinking about their own shit. They're not trying to cut you off. They're not being rude. They're not, um, trying to ruin your day. They just are kind of only thinking about themselves. And, um, half the time, most people are always just thinking about themselves. So when you find those people around you that think about you as well, and really think about what you're feeling. Um, hold on to them. Uh, but yeah, pick your pick your battles with your family. Pick your battles. Like there's some things like I just am never going to win. And 
You just kind of have to accept people for how they are. Like people accept you for how you are or at least try to. Um, so I think it's, it's good to just kind of like lower the sword sometimes um, because sometimes you're just fighting for no reason. And really it's probably more of a thing to do with yourself that you're not dealing with, which is, I know from personal experience. Um, so yeah, I think just trying to find more peace internally and externally is something that I value and I try to practice. Um, well, thank you for listening to this podcast with me just ranting by myself. Um, I hope you have a good night. Have a good one. Thank you.